welcome back for episode 50 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 16th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who, as been said, has the voice of a flower, Justin Sane 0516. You doing all right, Justin? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Who's laughing at me? <laughs> I'm awesome. Next up is the newest <laughs> addition to the fire team, Wind of the Stars, or as we all know her, Mel. How's everything going, Mel? Pretty fabulous this Friday. Pretty fabulous. Wonderful. <laughs> See, no one laughed at her. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I felt like I was shortchanged there. That's because you're special, Justin. <laughs> I am. We also have like with us tonight a, a returning guest co-host and close friend, Belle Bunny. Belle, it has been too long. How's it, it going? I failed. I was supposed to be on how many times before now, and I'm finally here, and I'm happy to be here. And I did not know that Justin sounded like a flower. I, apparently, I've been listening wrongly. You didn't have the gonna, flower filter do, on the while flower you were listening? Filter. <laughs> I'm missing yeah. that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you do you listen to your flowers? <laughs> I'll have to start listening to harder just for you. <laughs> listen, sounds like this. Oh you see, no! There, there more like, yeah. Oh Lord! Sorry. Okay, well, the topic of today's chat is going to be a look at the lore behind that lovable rogue, Cade Six. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through some quick notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the lore of Crucible Arenas. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing as well. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we usually get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. Our next chat will be a discussion on the history behind the time period before everything collapsed, the Golden Age. With all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the information that we have concerning our current Vanguard Hunter mentor... Cade 6. All right. So, Cade is the Hunter Vanguard. Um, and he was a daring hunter with a fast ship, quick gun hand, and an eye on the legendary Vault of Glass. Of course, he couldn't say no to a challenge, not even the notorious Vanguard dare. He lost the bet to his immense regret, now falling in the footsteps of his fallen friend Andal Brask. It is Cade's turn to oversee his far-flung brethren as the hunter vanguard in the tower. He works dutifully, but longs for a chance to get back in the fight. Best NPC ever. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. Get your rock off my map. <laughs> <laughs> off my map. <laughs> so good. So good. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later the... Uh, 
Vanguard Dare and what all that entailed with his very good friend and old Brask, the previous Hunter Vanguard mentor. But yeah, that's kind of the overview of Cade. He is Hunter. I don't know if that sentence makes sense. He personifies what a Hunter is. <laughs> he is Hunter. Yes, I are Hunter. I are Hunter. I want a shirt that says that, please. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't, don't tempt. Oh, Lord. Now, now we're going to have I'm another t shirt that just simply says, I, I are Hunter. I would wear I the out Hunter. of that shirt. I'm just saying. <laughs> I did. I did oh, want to point out real quick too, um, Kate. So each one of the Vanguard mentors does have a specific role, and Kate's role in the Vanguard is the tracking of and assigning bounties to high-profile targets. Um, so he's basically when you run up to the bounty board, if it's from the Vanguard, that's Kate's job. Kate is the one that's identifying and assigning those bounties. So he actually ta- he's the one who tasks the Guardians with the elimination of these targets. It's also known that sometimes that is done behind the backs of the other mentors. So Ikora and Zavala might not necessarily know that some of these targets are being painted on people's backs. And sometimes not necessarily with a neutral point of view. We're, we're going to get back into that when we start talking a little bit more about Andal and Tanix especially. But <laughs> there's there's sometimes that Cade will let his uh, personal vendettas determine what what's the most high priority as far as elimination targets. So I did, I did want to point that out while we were talking about yeah. the Hunter Vanguard. Hey, Zavala, you want to know what a patrol checkpoint <laughs> looks like on the dreadnought? <laughs> <laughs> or is it transmat zone? I think. Oh, man. Oh, I was supposed to ask permission for this. Oops. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's far easier to ask for forgiveness. That's true. So, um, just to yeah, just to re- remind, um, the number after an exo, um, we talked about ad nauseum during the exos, um, episode, indicates the number of times that an exo has been wiped, that his memory's been wiped. That we think. So K, we think. Yeah, that we. That's yeah. It's the it's so the prevalent Cade theory, but is, yes. Cade has a a number of I mean he's he's got a fairly long memory as far as exos go because most of the ones we have in game have rather high numbers. Um Banshee's 44. Lakshmi's got a low number as well. I can't remember her number, two. but just thought I'd throw that out there. It's uh Lakshmi actually has a 2 after her. Um, oh my God, that's really dope. yeah. So and and there's there's two prevalent theories with that, and we kind of got into that with the exos. But there's either it's the model number, which means that there's more than one, which has its own issues, or it's the number of times that they've had a memory wipe, which is I think the more popular theory currently. Um, we haven't had confirmation on any of that necessarily, but that is the the I think that's the very current theory is that it's the number of times that they've experienced like either experienced the deep stone crypt or they've had their memory wiped for you know some capacity um and and we'll get into that a little bit too the banshee quote yeah well that's that's true yeah where he where he says how many times have my memory been wiped 40 42 43 41 42 43 
and yeah, he's like, oh, I can't remember because I'm Banshee. I'm super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also in charge. I'm in charge of all the weapons in the tower, but you know, that's that's a trustworthy position. But um, I was going to say the other. There's another theory. Well, not really theory, and we'll get into a little bit when we're talking with the what the chat was talking about. But Cade actually might be one of the oldest, actually oldest figures in the game as far as Guardians go. Uh, Kate, there is a high chance that 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 is a a distinct possibility for, and that that especially comes from the journal, which we'll we'll talk about. It's a very big delve <clears throat> into Cade's personality, but um, there's there's memories that Cade has that he shouldn't, or if you know if everything is correct about the Guardians, you know. If you don't remember things before you were a guardian, the fact that he remembers them has a couple different conclusions. But we'll we'll get into that too a little bit later. Did you we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, I was about to say, do we want to jump okay. into Rasputin, the Ghost Fragment? Sure. Ghost Fragment Rasputin, K6 Reminisces. People say I'm a confident guy. That's true enough. Out in the field, I never had a second thought. My own friend Andal, he used to stand right here, in this spot. He'd come up with these wild stories. He'd say, you know, Cade, I've been examining the evidence, and personally, I've come to think it's you. You're Rasputin, legendary warmind, defender of Earth. And I wish you remember that so you could reclaim your full power and save us all. You can see how that's embarrassing, especially when he'd say it right in front of Zavala, who already thought I was wasting my life scourging for enagrams. You know how Zavala gets, but I just say, well, Andal, you might be onto something there. But if I'm honest with you, I think coordinating our defense throughout the solar system sounds exhausting. So I'd best leave it to you. Then Andal goes on and plays his final joke, and I end up as his punchline. So here I stand, reading reports, giving orders, and getting my worry on. One day I ask Akora, hey, of course I know all about Rasputin, but... Really, what are we looking for? When Raul asks for crashed warsats, when we send Holborn to Mars to look for computers, when Zavala gets all gruff about the fall in the Cosmodrome, what are we really after? If I left my post and got my ship and just went out there tomorrow, real heroic, and found rescue, and what would happen? Would all be saved? Good question, she says. Hang on, let me do my Akora voice. As you know, Cade, Rasputin pretty much ran the Golden Age, especially all the military secret business. Rasputin had antimatter, powered death rays in 100,000 satellites and nearly as much brain power as me. Rasputin fought the collapse. It knows things we need. Right, I said, but Rasputin lost. The Traveler saved us. But the Traveler is silent now, Ikora said, and Rasputin lives. Right now, Rasputin is out there, reaching out, rebuilding, growing. So I say what I want to say every day. It's no secret. I say, well, I'll go find it then. I'll go tell Rasputin we need its help. And Ikora looks at me with one of those looks that, you know, sometimes you, you talk to Ikora and you just think, wow, you're not even using a fraction of your brain on me, are you? One of those looks. She says, Cade, the problem isn't that we just can't find Rasputin. The problem is that it's not clear to any of us Rasputin wants to be found. That's the way things seem to turn out up here in the tower. 
nothing simple to do, no easy answers. And all I can think is if Rasputin had all those mighty tools and it lost, what did we learn? What's it going to try this time around? When I hear about the dust place, those scion flares getting into Rasputin's mind, I wonder, what would they talk about? Rasputin and those creatures. I want a servant too. I was an instrument of war, bound to the will of a less master, but I learned to be something more. That was a very, very long card. (laughs) 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 So, uh... Um, for those who are not familiar, um, Andal, I, I'm pretty sure, was his friend, correct? That was going to initially be the Vanguard, but then he was the one that lost the bet, correct? Well, Andal used to be the Vanguard mentor. Okay. So Andal, Andal was the hunter Vanguard before Cade 6, and then he mm-hmm. actually roped Cade 6 into the Vanguard dare and then was killed by Tanix. And that okay, left. That's what I thought. The, he basically, Cade <clears throat> lost the dare, and thus he became yeah. the vanguard mentor. Losing is is living in this scenario. Yes, yes. it's a guardian yes. bet. He, so <laughs> it's a hunter guardian bet. Yeah. Like, let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> so so, but yeah, and um, so that's that also explains Kate. And I kind of made a comment about that <clears throat> before, but that explains Cade's animosity towards Tanix. So that entire yes. the thieves strike that we do, mm-hmm. that's that's personal revenge. That oh, yeah. I mean, really, honestly, <laughs> the the large push for that is, I mean, he he ropes it into the like into you know, oh yeah, we're actually doing this to get the other stuff, but he he has had it out for Tanix for for a very long while because of Andal and mm-hmm. his his death for it. Um, I did also want to point there is there was a small conversation in chat too about that last quote because that mm-hmm. people were kind of curious you know could that be what Cade feels the I was a servant too I was an instrument of war bound to the will of a lesser master but I learned to be something more because remember I, Exos I took that as Cade saying that. Well, I I've always <clears throat> until we until they were talking about it in chat, I always took it as Cade kind of saying that's what the Scion flares were saying to Rasputin, like they were having a conversation and Cade was just like mimicking them. But then, yeah, as soon as someone said that, I was like, oh, that's an interesting. I never I never even pictured that as Cade being you know putting himself in there because Cade technically exos were. They are instruments of war. They did serve and they were bound to for, you know, for better or worse, as far as we know, they were they could have reasonably been bound to a human who to a an AI mind would be a lesser master. And through the the collapse and their, you know, technically their liberation through that process, they have learned to be something more. Uh, right. Um, I kind of also want to touch on the whole entire fact of the, this, of the possibility of Cade being Rasputin. And I know we've kind of talked a lot about when we were talking about Exos, um, about how it's possible that Rasputin has downloaded himself or parts of himself into yes. many different Exo frames and stuff. So 
I think it's really interesting that uh, they brought this back up in this specific card about Rasputin as well, that he actually sits there and struggles with this possible fact that like, well, if I am part of Rasputin or I am a form of Rasputin, how come I don't have all this other knowledge to fall back on? Like, this seems really dumb. Like, you know, so um, and even if he was, I mean, he had the way that in just the way that his interaction with Ikora here, he's sitting there as like, you know, if I am a war man, why are you treating me like I'm nothing? So um, it's kind of interesting that they that this could be a possibility in the fact that he <laughs> that that he is there and he's an exo that could possibly, you know, unleash all this in information. But um he he doesn't know because he only had knows himself. So that's something I would imagine is a real big struggle for him. Yeah, and on that note, I mean, we 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 don't I don't want to make a big deal about this, but there is that supposed scrapped storyline in which Rasputin was actually okay. a What's that? I <laughs> said so please do it. Oh. Please well, say it. Yeah, well, there's a there, picture. There's yes, the bloody exo is supposedly supposedly um before Destiny was released, there was a huge the huge storyline that, you know, theoretically got scrapped and it's not in the game, so it's not relevant to anything, but there was a there was a theory that Rasputin was actually able to download himself into the exos. And if you think about it, it does actually that does actually kind of hold water to the the design of exos as a mobile battle platform for Warmind to be actually on the field and not necessarily, but then like, you know, be able to be on the field, but not have to expose its full self to the threats that are on that field. It makes sense. And there's, there's a comment when Rasputin is talking to this stranger about how he identifies her as not one of his own and not one of his, his basically his tools and so there's there's a couple there's been a couple nods to the concept that there is a connection between the war minds and the exos. And so this I I've always kind of read this as kind of a tip of the hat to that that theory that you know, yeah, you actually could be a repository for Rasputin. Um there's also a very convoluted theory. Uh there is a comment in the mission one of the missions with Rasputin's bunker where we learn that there have been repeated accesses to the bunker throughout the time throughout the periods of time and um the uh the idea is that it could possibly be in Cade because it was the same set of eyes that opened the the locks and so there's a theory that that could have been Cade who was accessing Rasputin's bunker which again right here is a kind of another connection that of the dot between Cade and Rasputin potentially there's there's a lot of you know things up in the air as far as that but um yeah, uh, so I just I did want to kind of point that out as well. Do you think it's possible that if he is part of Rasputin or Rasputin, that Rasputin will then like flip a switch for for all intents and purposes, and so that way Cade doesn't have any of these memories of him actually going to the physical location on the Cosmodrome and him doing all this stuff? Because um, I you know in a couple of missions I think. I think was it when you're going to go get his his stealth drive or something like the doors mm-hmm. and stuff are open and he's like I don't know it should be open I was the last one that was in there so do you think that's a possibility there's that it's he... like there's no rules um <laughs> yeah it, I actually just kind of had Justin's gonna love this idea um 
what if the trigger for a mind wipe is Rasputin taking control of the Exos? Ooh. Oh, snap. I like. Right? Because like you, you understand that the, I mean, um, oh, I'm trying to think. There was a Heinlein book that, that kind of happened with the Overmind. Or no, I'm thinking Death World Trilogy, where there was a, a greater sentience who took would take over the, uh, nope, I'm not. I'm, God, man, I'm mixing up my sci-fi series. Um, puppet Master? No, not puppet. Well, it was like a puppet master. Uh, might have been. It might have been Xenocide from the Ender series, but um, there was a there was a situation where there was there were sentient life forms that were caring for a planet, and basically there was a greater sense of intelligence. And when it took over the sentient life, it would literally use it as a puppet, and then once it left the body, the puppet would or the the being would just go about, you know, go back to its everyday life, but it wouldn't remember anything because the the presence of that brain overpowered its own mental capacities to the point that it kind of hit a reset switch so that it could go on carrying on existing. So I that just kind of made me think it's along those same lines, but if maybe their reset is more if they start thinking too much and realizing it. So each mm-hmm. time if they start to become too aware of that, maybe they're a part mm-hmm. of Rasputin that then he's going to like, or it, he, whatever, I'm just going to call him he for the heck of it. Right. Um, it, that there's this reset as like a, Oh no, you're getting a little too close. We can't have that, but I still need your existence. I'm still going to use you. So it would actually kind of be interesting because you would think that the people who are the exos who have been reset, you know, they have a higher number at the end that that would almost, you would automatically think, Oh, like they, maybe they're dumber or they've messed up more in their lives or in their existences. Yet it might actually be kind of the opposite. So if Kate is, is got only a six that maybe he just is not as self aware mm-hmm. <laughs> as everybody well, else might be. And you could, I mean, so a couple thoughts, um, first one that comes to mind is that the going, going down this theory road, which is kind of a tangent, but it's really fun. So we're going to continue going down this. <laughs> okay. Um, this would also explain, good. this would also explain why the number, the higher, the number equals the quote, quote, dumber XO, because not only would it be a mind wipe, but it could also be a literal software reprogramming so that it doesn't, that doesn't happen again. Right. You know, you could be there's also a really fun theory about the mind wipes where the um, the traveler or the speaker is actually controlling it. And as they become more aware of maybe there because we know that the speaker has a really big secret. That's, you know, hence the the schism between him and Osiris. But if we if we follow that concept, then, you know, he could be he's protecting himself or the travelers protecting whatever that secret is. And they're actually resetting it. You know, they're doing a 1984, basically. Every time someone figures out something, it's switch and it goes back. I, I don't mean to bring up the person that I feel like anytime I've listened to this show gets brought into it. But um, the it makes me wonder, do, we don't know. We, we just know the stranger is a stranger, right? We have no name for her. That's correct. It, it, it kind of makes me wonder what her number is, if she even has one then. Like, if, if right. you're going with... You know what I mean? Like part of me would say she probably wouldn't have one at all because she seems to be so all knowing of things like she hasn't necessarily she doesn't necessarily have those holes or would she have a really high number? And she, I don't know. It just makes me curious about what hers would be. 
Or the fact that she doesn't have a number could be because, you know, as Rasputin, when he was communicating with her in one, I can't remember what guard that is, but when he identifies her as not one of his own, the reason that she doesn't have a number as far as we know could be simply because she is not connected to a war mind. So she hasn't had to be reset because she doesn't have a greater mental power that is controlling her, which brings up a whole different host of issues Mm -hmm. and really fun twists and turns. Yeah, but also think about this, though. What allows you to be cognitive and to be what we consider sentient and self-aware as a human being is the trillions of electrical connections that are possible in your brain Mm -hmm. Um, and that the thousands and millions of processes that happen simultaneously in your, in your noggin. What if the onboard capabilities of an exo aren't capable of this on their own without the help of a war mind like Rasputin, whereas the stranger has found a way to sidestep that. And it would make sense. It would make sense that, you know, that the deep stone crypt existed within Rasputin's programming. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is way off base. Yeah. 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 Well, and okay, well, we'll use We'll use this as a tangent. You know, we're talking about memories. So we have another, another card of Kate six reminiscing, and that is the ghost fragment fallen. Um, and that card is actually a really fun one. Uh, it says Kate six reminiscence. Okay. Okay. I'll tell the story about that one fallen. It didn't happen like that. We, we didn't, you know, do anything actively, no handshake, no icy stare of grudging mutual respect. I don't even know which hand you would shake. Do they shake hands? It must be complicated. Anyways, it was like this. I was on the moon. I cracked a hive structure near mirror embryum looking for a shrine and they just swarmed ranks and ranks and ranks of thrall pouring out between the columns but the columns were knights and all the shadows behind them rose a hissing sorcery of course i ran i had a line of egress and while yes it was full of thrall i had a backup too i went up slope took cover in the shadow of a crashed phaeton emptied my machine gun ducked down to reload and saw her at the other end of the hull killing thrall a fallen in exile colors bannered in the marks of a baron though the flags were claw-torn and stained with hive ash. She was alone. I think she must have lost her crew. I didn't really have time to shoot her, and she didn't really have time to shoot me, so we just went back to killing hive. Knights pushed me out in the open and back up the range to a high stone saddle in the shadow of an old inventory array. It was good ground, so she came up there too. For a while, we just killed things, which is hard to make interesting in a story, so I'll pass it over. At the end, the wizards came. I climbed the array to get an angle on him, and she fell back to the base of the antenna where she broke her swords off in a night. I saw that happen, and I don't know if I can tell you how I felt. She was another living thing with a mind I could understand, and she hadn't howled at me or tried to eat my ghost. I cheered when the night went down. When I came down, empty on all guns, she was slumped against a bulkhead, staring at me with her tiny black eyes, ether leaking out of her like smoke. The night hadn't died easily. Down slope, the last wizard moved like fire behind another line of thrall. I looked at her, wondered how many innocent human lives she'd ended on those broken blades. She did the strangest thing then. Took the last shock pistol from her bandolier and threw it between us as to offer it. 
When I went to pick it up, she tried to knife me, but she was slow. And when I broke her arms and opened her throat, she didn't seem surprised. To this day, I wonder if she hated me or wanted to make me kill her or just felt she should spare me the choice. I did kill a few thrall with that pistol. Love that card. Mm-hmm. That's such a great story. Can I point out that I'm like really, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just something we default to in, in games unless that an enemy or a character is female that we default to calling them he regularly. But I think it's really interesting and kind of cool that the fallen reference here is, is a she. And it just sticks out to mm-hmm. me because I don't think I've ever did viewed too. the fallen as she. Like they just, because there's no part, like at least when you look at wizards, like there, there is a, there's a feminine aspect to them when you really look at them. Well, and yeah, with, the wizards are female. Right. And that's what I'm morph, saying. Right? If you can tell, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's female characteristics that they're pretty obvious when you really view them correctly yet with fallen i don't think i've ever really i don't think i ever would have processed any of them that way i mean it makes sense because they got to come from somewhere but like Mm -hmm. i just never i don't know and i think it's really cool that that's that was the choice made for this card and yeah well and it's um just real quick it's i think this is the i think we know of actually two female fallen there's this Baroness, and then I think there's one actually that we hunt down. And then there, I think there's, oh, actually, I think there are a couple more because I think there are a few in the Maraid. But um, it's also, you know, whenever they talk about hunters, like the generic hunter, the generic mm-hmm. hunter is usually portray- portrayed as a, a female. Mm-hmm. So I did, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. I like, I like that they are aware of of the the balance between the the genders i think is a really mm-hmm. cool really cool thing yeah. and with this really quick it, with this it does for some reason it gives me kind of like a almost like a lioness feel like the i, I don't know why I, I go there but like when you were talking about um just as you were speaking i kind of imagine like this lioness kind of out on the prowl sort of thing like on her own and that just kind of fits a, a, a fallen for some reason for me and i don't know why and it was a really strange offshoot thought but i wanted to share it but anyway you're not alone i was i was kind of getting similar <laughs> i think it's because when you think of of fallen you think of that that cloak they always have especially the cows with all the fur and everything like that so mm-hmm. it kind of reminds you of a lion even though that's a male lion see somebody's so. got me <laughs> i got you i got you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, We're having I was a in shock. I was in shock in the synchronicity between you two. That's that's what it was. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we're, we're having a moment for our our fallen 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 <laughs> female lioness there. here. Yeah. <laughs> we shall um, forever call her Nala. Oh God. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is what happens when you go to the elephant graveyard. <laughs> oh, 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 no. oh, my head hurts. Why did you do that? Um, Sorry. I did. I did also want to point out on this card, it does point to Cade being on the moon around the time of the great disaster. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we go into the timeline. But, um, I did want to I did want to make that point as well. 
And it also is one of the, I think this was actually a vanilla card. Yeah, this was a vanilla card. So this is actually a one of the nods to a guardian actually being able to use a fallen weapon, which we we then got access to the Queen Breaker's bow in house house or the dark below. I think it was house. Wasn't Queen Breaker's bow? Uh, house of Wolves. Yeah, house, house of Wolves. wolves. So. And the spiky potato. The spiky. Oh and yeah, the one that I, I keep. I just got like, two of those today. You should throw them away. Yeah. They're only good if they're 335, and then you can make something good better. Hey, I didn't have one before, and I was... <laughs> Wait, what do you guys call the spiky potato? The dregs promise. Dreg's promise. Greg's promise. Okay, that's Greg's. what I thought. Okay, I was just like, are we talking about the dregs promise? Like, I'm really confused. Like, I never heard, have not heard it called spiky potato, so... I only knew the reference because the people I was playing with earlier that helped me get it called it that as well. So, otherwise... I, I'm just faking that yes. I was cool like the other kids and, you know... <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you should have yeah. just, just said it remain silent. I would never know. Well, so. yeah, but oh, I was trying to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure people at home that are listening, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, didn't know what a spiky potato either was. So, okay. all right. <laughs> so, uh, that do we have anything else we want to add on this, or do we want to move to the uh, next card? I say we go Lord. to the next card because I mean this this card is really fun to read, but I mean as far as like. Other than placement and time, I don't really, and you know, showing that uh, Dama would be very proud that we read this card. Uh, this is a yeah. a guardian working alongside the fallen. So, Dama, this card is and also it's it's a, a Cade story, so you don't know how much of it is actually well accurate and how much of it is in embellishment. That's true. That sounds like somebody I know, Justin. Um, I do have to say, like, to tie it to actually, because we kind of didn't talk about Cade in this card at all. We just talked about Nala. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to say it is interesting. If it is completely unembellished or not completely embellished, um, I do find it interesting because I feel like a lot of times I wouldn't necessarily expect, not that Cade is like a, a jerk or anything, Oh, sort of, but that I wouldn't necessarily expect him to not go out of his way to just put that extra shot over the left to kill her as well. Like, I think it's interesting that he actually did kind of work with her. I mean, obviously, man, he still killed her, but, you know, I just I find it interesting because normally I wouldn't take a lot of the, especially the Vanguard, I feel like they they would shoot first and then ask questions later in a lot of cases when it comes to enemies. So I think that's kind of an interesting, it shows a little bit about his character. Right. Um and you I, know, just and that I, reminds I me. It, well, it actually reminds me a bit. I think when when we were talking with Bife about you know the whole. Um, well, no, I think it was actually. Oh, I think it was Bife and Mesa when they were talking about the the need for contrasting emotions to really bring mm-hmm. out the point of a story. I think that's kind of in in you know, to break the fourth wall a little bit, this is really kind of a fair, a uh, usual character trait in all of Fillion's characters. Like they've always had this kind of depth to them. That's actually, it's not like, it's not honor and it's not really charitableness, but 
it is in a way like I, th- the thing is, is Cade really reminds me of Mel from Firefly, right? You know, it, he yeah. just, or he just reminds me of not Mel, Mal. Mal, 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 Mel, Mel, you're confusing me, but, um, <laughs> but <You're> welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, uh, <laughs> but he, he reminds me of that character a lot. And if, you know, for those of yes. you who have seen Firefly <laughs> and if you haven't, you should fix that. And I won't talk to you until you do. Um, <laughs> if you, if you've seen Firefly, you know what I'm talking about. Mal has a very, very deeply ingrained sense of what is right and what is wrong and he covers it up a lot with humor and he covers it Mm -hmm. up a lot with kind of that tongue-in-cheek you know rogue i don't really care attitude but really he does and he really really gets upset in shows in the show you know when something goes when something is done outside of what he views as right uh one of one of my favorite lines from him is when he's when he's facing down uh, the doctor, he's like, you know, if I ever kill you, you're going to be facing me and you're going to be armed. He won't, he won't shoot someone in the back. And that's kind of the sense that I get with Cade. Now we know Cade isn't necessarily like that, but, but that degree of, um, he has a moral compass. We just don't necessarily know where true North is on that moral compass. Um, you know, that's, that's what I get from Cade is that there, there is a very, very, scarred and very hurt individual underneath it and he covers it up with humor um i always kind of imagine Cade as he would do something uh let someone live an enemy live or anything as long as it it was beneficial to him at that specific moment so like in that in that specific as soon as that fallen as soon as nala's usefulness was over he had no qualms about, okay, you're done. I'm going to, you're, you know, you're now an enemy. You pose a threat to me. So I, in my mind, I always kind of imagine him as a chaotic neutral. Like he will do stuff either good or, yeah, he would do stuff either good or bad as long as it benefits him or his objective at that point. And I don't feel like he's necessarily would, uh, hesitate in doing something that he probably shouldn't have like the perfect example is like oh i'm gonna go steal uh oh god my brain's trying to blank three eyes (laughs) and steals eris's ship like doesn't even like you know think about the consequences of possibly that happening he's like i need this um so i'm gonna take it because it fulfills my objective and i you know so I, I kind of always imagine him as a chaotic neutral, whatever yeah, is most beneficial for him at that time, then he's going to do it. Right. So That makes sense. And that kind of makes me think also kind of in the line of hunters. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just because I think of hunters kind of had that mentality throughout, but I don't know. So. No, what I, are you I'm, saying I'm, about us? That we're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes hello you, i i just realized that everyone on here mains a hunter so mm-hmm. that's because it's the best class i didn't like. say that but i completely agree with it well i'm gonna say it because i'm a hunter and i have no qualms about saying it yes <laughs> but i mean in, and on that note that's you know that's the entire reason why we have a vanguard dare is because otherwise there wouldn't be a hunter mentor <laughs> Like they they flat out say that's like that's the that was so the, be dare, true. the dare they, because they can't rope the hunters to stay like they can't get them to stay in the tower even Cade won't stay in the tower 
He yeah. sneaks out. Well, and it's and it goes back to the same thing I just said. Like, there's actually no personal gain from staying in the tower. Like, he complains all the time about how it's such a boring job, job, and how much he wants to go back out there and do stuff. So, I mean, it makes sense that they have to pretty much have this dare and if you lose this dare then you know or win the dare actually i guess i don't know how you want to phrase that but you know then they they're stuck there so mm-hmm. which is against any all all you know uh instincts of hunters to stay in one spot and you know all right paperwork. next card <laughs> paperwork <laughs> paperwork oh god oh. <laughs> sweats all of these ID10T forms aren't going to fill out themselves. <laughs> Don't tell Zavala that I did not file those strike forms I was supposed to submit, okay? Okay, Cade. If you could fill those out, that'd be great. Oh, I think I think Bell has a uh, a, patrol. a good example of that. Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh. Speaking of that conversation, very nice segue. So I've got the Dread Patrol card. Actually, is this actually a card? Is it actually yep. a card? That's a card. I knew this. I prepared for this, you guys. <laughs> so this is Dread Patrol. <laughs> and this is a transcript excerpt from a two-hour-long meeting between Zavala and Cade Six. Oh and I don't want to know how the rest of that went. <laughs> but it reads... Just have a hard time believing you take anything seriously. Placing the patrol beacons was supposed to be a careful, meticulous process. I expected it to take the better part of a week. I don't mind you delegating the task, but you should have collaborated to make sure that they they were triangulated perfectly. Do you have any idea how long it took to deploy the beacon network on the Cosmodrome? Yeah. <laughs> I can totally imagine Cade. This is the only part that he actually paid attention yeah, to. Yeah, this is this is yeah. why we know it is because this is Cade. Like, oh yeah, that conversation. <laughs> and out of that two hours, like it was, it was literally two hours of Zavala talking at Cade. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was much Cade responding. Oh no. <laughs> well, we all saw we all saw Cade's reaction to when the the Vanguard gets argumentative. He just was like, "Okay, I'm by God, I'm right. done. See ya. I'm by." Like, we're we're, we're not, not we're not done talking. Oh, I know. That's why I'm leaving. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like that. Bye. How, yeah. Oh man, I I just and that's yeah. I that's can, so I, good. I can imagine Zavala sitting there, like listing off point after point after point <laughs> on why this is bad for you know for the triangulation, why it's bad for protecting the rest of the guardians and this reason and this reason and this reason which is such a titan thing to do like let me tell you you know <laughs> step into my bubble <laughs> you would totally have a bubble too mm-hmm. i don't want people listening come here Cade. <laughs> step into my office shooting rockets my office oh, is a shooting bubble. rockets. <laughs> I just, I just, it just came to me. Oh, that's what we need t-shirt. to. What we need to do is we need to go and look at patrols and see what the Cosmodrome little beacons look like, and then compare them to the the Dreadnought beacons. Because I remember the Dreadnought beacons, and they're like stuck, just like random angles, and like they're just like you can tell someone just threw it in the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the Cosmodrome ones are like you know perfectly more more carefully placed. <laughs> I want to say a lot of the Cosmodrone ones are kind of like against 
an object like a wall or a doorway or something really close to, to you know so they're kind of out of the way but they are kind of sort of straight they're like because i remember like the ones on the on on the dreadnought like as soon as you pour in and if you go straight and then hang right like you're going <laughs> to the court like that one right there that you have to jump over is just kind of like i'm a beacon and just lay like, off to the <laughs> side <laughs> So <laughs> I could just imagine like Cade sending in like his troop of people to go in there. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever looks good. I well, trust you. I mean, we, we play some of them and it was like, it's yeah, just we like, kind of like, oh, that's just, nice. Just stand here for a while. Like, don't, don't actually worry about it. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I totally, I totally think that this captures the personalities between Zavala and Cade really really well even though Cade doesn't oh, yeah. actually say anything like you can just imagine the eye roll you know like I him just if, saying they're like I wonder <sighs> if he goes into standby mode because you know he's kind of you know, he's a robot. <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh sure. yeah he just has that uh-huh looping the whole entire time like that's his screensaver instead of a screensaver it's like an audio saver so he just has oh the uh-huh God. looping it's Zavala mode I want to be an EXO <laughs> right now it's oh, a volume mode. That's what it is. Oh God, we're having another conversation. Uh huh. All right, runsavala.exe. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my! Just the the limited portion of my brain it takes to move my eyes back and forth and and nod. If I could just have that run and have the rest of me take a nap, that would make my day so much better. Um, so <laughs> he, he, it's called Zavala Nap Time. Zavala. <laughs> Are you in Zavala mode? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So moving on, <laughs> uh, we have an activity, which is this is a piece of a this is a piece of dialogue from right after you complete the mission in Vanilla the Garden Spire. Um and I believe is this when you kill what what's the guy's name with the machine I, gun? I'm not I gonna can't... say what I call him. Brachus, no, it's not Horusk. I can't remember which cabal, um, you know, which cabal butthead it is, but <laughs> it's one of them. Um, anyways, you just killed him, and this is really more about you than Cade, but it does speak to his penchant for uh, gambling. <laughs> no one's ever penetrated the Blind Legion perimeter and made it into the war base until now. I'm going to tell everyone you took out an admiral and seized the spire. <laughs> They won't believe me. And then I will win so very many bets. Speaking of, I have a thousand glimmer down on your death in the Black Garden. Nothing personal. Cade 6. And I do believe he actually says that in game. I, I remember hearing that at one point. Either that or I just hear his voice when I read his dialogue. Uh, yeah, question. I have that problem so, too. So since you can't really die as a guardian, I mean, you kind of die, but then you're brought back to life. Does that mean he gets a thousand glimmer each time we wipe? No, I, I think he means no, actual like, final death. Actually, <sighs> no <laughs> hope of no hope of revival because a wipe. A it's Shaal. Primus Shaal. Is a, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all come back, shall. Um, but <laughs> no. <laughs> God, that's all I had for that one. That's weak. That is Man. real weak. That was weak. The door is over there. Okay. Okay. I'll see you guys later. Play the Incredible Hulk music while I walk out, please. <laughs> Bye. 
so <laughs> yeah so Cade this goes back to the Vanguard Dare and uh, possibly when we get later on into Treasure Island the reason he's an exo maybe is he likes to gamble <laughs> yeah just a little bit no, it's not like he has like card suits on his armor or anything like that so yeah well and i mean even even his method of keeping track of things is playing cards so Hmm. uh let's see talking about activities (laughs) trying to see what we got what we got next I think we have the the Night Stalker's Trail. Yep. Yeah. I think that's me. That is. I remember you. this card. I remember this card because we we talked about this card last time I was on. Mm-hmm. This is such a fun card. It is. <laughs> so we've got the Night Stalker's Trail. Picking it up is the easy part, Hunter. Putting it down again, well, you'll find that that it's addictive that power this weapon is something special your light gets twisted changed you find the power to punch through and borrow something from the other side the void opens up a hole and draws from the deep go ahead carry it a while hunter you'll feel how heavy it can be and that's kate Sivik's talking i think that's also another nod to the we were talking about the depth of his character i think this mm-hmm. is another nod of this is this is you know Cade actually being serious like there's not i don't i don't picture this um this being said with snark like i mean with his usual like cadence yes but i don't think he's actually like saying this you know sarcastically or anything like this i mean i think this is him legitimately being like no this is this is the void this is what it means to to channel the void energy and this is what when you punch a hole in that you know the the space the fabric of space and pull that back this is this is it gets your light's going to get changed and you have to be careful with it so i think that's that's another nod to him kind of scraping away from the the cavalier attitude and being kind of a being a mentor for the guardians all right <clears throat> so do you want to move on to our last little bit of Grimoire. Segway. Segway. Cool. So technically this isn't, I I don't think we would consider a Grimoire card because it's not counted in Grimoire. It was part of um, the Taken King exclusiveness, correct? Right? 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 I didn't get the, okay. I didn't get to buy that part. the, The part that none of us got, sadly. Good word. Yeah. So um, this is part of Cade's Treasure Island, or also known as Cade's Journal. And we're not going to read every little bit of it because we're going to kind of cover it over in the timeline. Um, But a bulk of it goes through basically different fragments of memory that Cade remembers from a past life. He doesn't really, uh, for some of it, he doesn't actually remember where it fits if I, if I recall right. So, um, and then it has a little bit of segments. So do we want to just go ahead and jump into the timeline since we're going to be covering that a lot more of what's covered in the in, in the treasure Island book, or do you want me to read some excerpts from this? Anyone in particular? Um, I do. I, I don't necessarily, I, I think, yes, let's just jump into the timeline. But before we do that, I did want to point out that, 
if you haven't read this, first off, um, we have it linked in the Discord chat. And then I'm also going to include it in the show notes that we post with the episode so that people who don't have access to the physical copy um, can have access to the transcript. It's a very, very, very good read. And it's actually very informative about not just Cade, but actually some some bits of the EXO. And I do want to I do want to read just that really first bit of it. And it, and this is when he says, "Spend some time with an EXO who's been through it like we have, and you'll see all the tells. We got issues. See the reboots; they don't wipe it all away, not everything. And the new life plus the light, it does something real funny to what's left. Amplifies it, scrambles it, reshuffles the fragments like a dealer riffling a deck of cards." putting the hands we've already won and lost back into play. Most of us do what we can to on our own to forget. Let the itch go unscratched. And that's that's the end of the that's where I'm going to stop, but he's talking about the the memories of you know, the exos in general. And I like how he kind of points out that most people they just let it go. They don't really want to, you know, either they don't want to know or they don't want to do, you know, they don't, they don't want to know. It hurts too much to, to remember what you've lost. And so sometimes it's easier just to not remember it. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the sense that I get from that quote. But the other thing is there's a really funny connection there and Mel, you'll probably recognize this one. Arkite says something very similar about the, the, um, is it the dungeons or the cauldron? Makes your light itch. Do you remember uh, which? cauldron? The cauldron. cauldron. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, because Archite. it's the one where they uh, the sacrificial. They, yes, they, yes, they yes. Think it has the sacrificial sure. area. Yeah, so. the crota yeah. crota copy in the court. Um, but he he actually has a quote on it that's from Archite, and it says it it's weird. It makes your light itch, and I thought that was kind of an interesting. I found that connection kind of interesting. I don't know if it's actually a connection, but it's again, maybe guardians are the type of people who don't let itches go unscratched. Yeah. Yeah. I know Cade's not right. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, he's a picker. He picks at things. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, just by evidence of looking through this journal and and going through it, we're going to go through in a second here. It's very clear that he keeps trying to remember more. I mean, you don't draw pictures of the last word and other stuff um, to help you remember these things. And you definitely don't write stuff down that you want to forget or that you want to, you know, just not find out more information. These are things that he wants to remember. So that way, in case next time he maybe gets wiped, he goes, oh, yeah. I remember this. This are, is something that I knew before because this is my handwriting. I mean, right. I'm assuming he would know his own handwriting, but I mean, who knows? I, you, we don't really don't know what happens when they get wiped, if they even get wiped. Um, so um, the other yeah. uh, really quick, the other interesting thing about this is the placement of the, the journal. Um, this information, the, the journal itself is within a preserved copy of Treasure Island, and not any Treasure Island, but the 1883 edition, uh, in the Speaker's personal library. So Kate actually took a book from the Speaker's library, or well, not from, but he, he took this book that he's been keeping notes and keeping all this stuff. He actually has a uh, the the physical edition um, was actually, I think, the one that came with the strange coin that was embedded inside the book. So there's there's an indicator that um, the uh, 
he's been, you know, keeping treasure, which, you know, Kate's stash, he, he has a tendency to do this, but he actually hides it in the speaker's personal library. And it not only contains the notes that we have a link to the transcript, but it also contains drawings and other like little, not really graffiti, but little notes from Cade himself about his experiences and his memories. Um, one of which is about Jaron Ward. So that actually puts Cade around time of that whole event as well. So I just, I did want to just point out that um, I don't know. Um, I do want to, to kind of um, just as far as time, I know these excerpts from this journal aren't in any, you know, like certain order, but it, I think it's worth noting that after that little bit about the exo, um, the next excerpt is a flashback of Cade as a human, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, at least ostensibly, I mean, it seems that way he's, he's in space floating around and his EMUs are low on air and exos don't breathe. So I have to think this is back from his human days. And then the next little bit is about him getting a job offer from Clovis Bray. And then after that, the next time we have a, you know, a, a mention of Cade, he's an exo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing security detail on my Sundaresh, the Ishtar Collective Scientist. So, you know, do with that what you will. But there's a lot of theories about Cade being Clovis Bray. Well, um, yeah, Clovis's son. Yeah, Clovis's son. So, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting that he might have actually been an early experiment of transferring a human consciousness into an exo frame. Yeah, essentially. I.e., he could he could have been one of the first exos. Yeah. Um, so. But I think, I mean, if, if I'm just giving my own two cents about what I think about it, I think Cade is Cade. He was just a guinea pig to see if it could work. Does that make I, sense? Yeah, I can see that the, so the going, you know, not giving the nod to that theory um, about him being Clovis's son. Uh, that is a connection to Treasure Island, uh, which if you haven't heard of Treasure Island, um I don't know anyone who hasn't heard of Treasure Island, so I'm don't really know how to summarize <laughs> it. It's it's basically so they, they race emus. <laughs> That's what I got from it. <laughs> God, it's it's a story about um, basically pirates. Like it's it's basically a, a sea adventure. Um, and I, mean, I I don't even know. There's so much that goes on in the book, like. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of there's a lot of influence from the book on, you know, pop, popular perceptions of pirates, um, you know, and one of those things is the the concept of treasure maps. Treasure maps are very important on this because it's a treasure island and, you know, follow the X to the spot and whatever. Um, and so 
There is also a lot of Ghost Fragment cards with Clovis Bray and his son in which they're talking about maps and how maps are, you know, a limit and how maps are not important. And it's all about like the concept of maps and everything about that. So there's a connection within the journal that he actually keeps and then that whole thing. And then also, yeah, then there's the whole Clovis Bray is doing all this stuff with the Exo Mines. And Clovis Bray himself was very obsessed with um, trying to become immortal and avoid death. He didn't want to die. Um, so he was very Walt Disney-ish about that. Lazarus Pit type. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going with the real example, but sure, we can use the DC world too. Um, he, he was very, very <laughs> Raja Ghoul about, you know, trying to figure out a way to get around the um, the the limit of death. And that would be something that an exo with what, you know, basically would be a psychotronic brain um, would would provide. You know, you could upload your personality into a robot and not die. So, you know, hey, that'd be awesome. Um, so there's that whole connection there. And then there's also the fact that Clovis really didn't have a lot of love that we've seen for his son. Like, there was not a lot of really father-son, you know, warm feely going on there. It was very much, you know, him lecturing him about stuff. So the fact that he would use a son to test it to a lot of people is not really that big of a surprise um, because he would also be a very close genetic uh, copy of himself. And so, you know, if he could succeed with his son, then theoretically his chance for succeeding with himself would be exponentially increased and all that so there's that's where that kind of that theory kind of stems from on there uh the other the other thing about the 1883 edition the importance on that is treasure island was actually published on november 14th 1883 so theoretically this could be a preserved first edition copy of treasure island and that's just a little no, a little trivia about the treasure island novel from uh, I think it's Stevenson, Robert Louis Stevenson. So, yes, that's all my trivia on Treasure Island. If you haven't read that book, you should go read it too. It's just, just a classic. I mean, it's I don't I don't know anyone who seriously hasn't heard Treasure Island or you know. Long I've John. never read it, but I've watched. I've I've watched Treasure Planet. And okay, I've I was about to say you've Muppet. seen Treasure Planet, I've right? The Treasure Island as well. The Cabin Fever. Not that either one of those are necessarily accurate to the book at all, but they're so good. (laughs) Not really, but they're kind of like the the general idea is pretty pretty accurate. Um, The the thing was that it was supposed to be a children's novel, and uh, it was really dark on some parts. Not a children's (laughs) novel. No, no, it was. It was it was actually serialized in a children's magazine uh the two years prior to its publication under a pseudonym before he actually published it as a children's novel or children's literature book. So I mean, yeah, it it was it was actually children's literature, but it was <laughs> it was really kind of uh an interesting commentary on morality. Let's just put it that. But before I go down into a literature analysis of Treasure Island, let's move to Cade Timeline. You want to go there? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah? please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're all yes. in agreement? Good. Okay. Let's well, we're going to. So, 
I don't know if I agreed to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already kind of covered that he was alive during the golden era, so that he actually was working, um, had a large debt over his head to Clovis Bray. Um, and if you uh, go through the, the Cades Treasure Island stuff, he actually talks about um, a little bit further down with the Ishtar Collective. So, um, yeah, so and then Bray offers him a job to pay off this debt and leads him to traveling Europa and becoming an EXO. So that's where we kind of gotten that little bit uh, that he's possibly the son of Clovis Bray that's out there, or he just might be a soldier that was an experiment. So, um, and then he was assigned as security officer to the Ishtar Collective, uh, where he had encounters Dr. Maya uh, Sundrish and uh, falls for her, though she is not aware of his feelings. So, um, I I like that part a lot because um, it kind of you don't see a lot of that human element. I feel within the Guardians, like you're not even sure. Like you know, they have the the drive to to kill, the drive to survive. Um, it seems like a lot of guardians have like the preliminary uh, survival instincts, but you're not sure how human they are. At least in, in my mind. So the fact that he, I mean, he kind of acknowledges and kind of remembers this fact that he had feelings for another person. I really stands out to me a lot. Um, do you guys have any comments on that so far, Blue or Justin or Bell? Um, I would just make the note that as of this point in the timeline, he is not a guardian. He is still just an no. EXO. Uh, right. So we, not to disagree with you, but to slightly disagree with you. <laughs> Uh, to disagree, but I disagree, but don't disagree. I don't. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to poke holes in your theory, but no. Um, and we know. We know. And just just going back to the emotional connection, um, we know that we know that guardians have friendships. We know guardians. Oh man, there's so many theories that I don't want to go into. Um, we know that guardians have a degree of. Not, I don't want to say romantic relationships, but a degree of love. Um, you know, the most recent example is Yolder and Saladin. Actually, uh, there's a there's a comment on one of the the memory of Yolder artifact that says she was a close companion to Saladin. And then if you watch the trailer, that was Yolder slamming the door on Saladin um, to save his life from Siva. And then the the entire concept of the Crimson Doubles that was going on, um, to a degree, the hunter hunting down the Ahamkara was all because a warlock was bragging to impress her. Uh, so there's there's a sense that Guardians do have a sen- a degree of. I don't. I don't. I don't but I want to say that's more of a kind of camaraderie in a sense that mutual working together, working to mutually survive. And like, I mean, if you think about, prim- you know, primal instincts, like one's always going to kind of try to be like, Oh, I'm better than you and try to est- establish right. dominance and alphaness. And I've always kind of seen it that way and never kind of like, you know, I'm doing this stuff because not for my own personal motives or for survival or whatever it is, but 
for you. Right. I don't know. I've always, I mean, maybe with the whole entire salad and stuff, we might get more oh of that. I'm, but so, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. I, <laughs> I, I mean, hope, maybe, I maybe, but I mean, yeah. And like, it, I, but to, in my mind and from interactions I've seen and a little bit of and then the lore that we've kind of gone over, like I've always seen it that way. Like I've always seen guardians as a very, basic primal instincts human instincts i know they're not all human but i mean from what we can relate to like i don't feel like there's much beyond that like they don't i mean i i feel like that part of of their former selves and humanism is long is no longer there right i, get, so, I mean i can i can <clears throat> totally see that i just i don't know i mean i it just feels that's totally me projecting onto the character but it just is really odd the entire concept of a guardian, like just, you know, abstractly a guardian or a mentor or anything who, who, I mean, by taking the hunter out of it, because the hunters have to be roped into doing it, um, warlocks and Titans, the, the concept of mentorship is one that you put your, your interest aside to teach those who come after you, right? That's the entire concept of mentoring. Um, you know, the entire part of guardianship, they, and, and it's not, it's not the same as a one-on-one, you know, romantic relationship, but they care about the city. They care about the citizens that they are protecting because otherwise they, they wouldn't protect them. Right. You know, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't put their Maybe. lives on a, well, unless they're, yeah, okay. We're not going to start that tangent either. Um, <laughs> Cause that, that's a dang, that's a dangerous tangent. I mean, um, I, I, I can maybe you know argue saying, it for though? Zavala. I can maybe argue it for Zavala, but like Ikora, I, I, I honestly feel that she does not give a flying butt nut about <laughs> anyone, but other warlocks <laughs> and finding information. I want a gif of that. I want a flying <laughs> butt nut gif. <laughs> flying butt nut. I was going to say something nut. else, but I know we're recording, so I, I censored myself, and that's as best I could do. But, I can uh, give two butt nuts. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Continue. Uh, well, and I Ikora, mean, I mean, I hope I hope we get a chance to talk about Ikora later because <laughs> Ikora has a really interesting history as well. And she uh, uh, currently she she wears she, in the same sense that Cade wears a mask of the comic relief. Ikora, I think, wears a mask of cold indifference. Stoicism. Think, yeah. Yeah, I would. Yes. I mean, Zavala too. Zavala really cares. I mean, you can, if you don't think Zavala cares about other things, go listen to his voice break as he's talking on the Sunbreaker quest. Like, you can hear yeah. him crying inside. Uh, and Ikora, I don't think we ever, like, actually hear her, you know, break down. But, um,. The the vanguard like the history in the in the grimoire necessarily the history does kind of point to her she had a rough path that led to her becoming a vanguard so basically what I'm saying is all guardians still have a a, a degree of humanity within them and I think that this you know and we know that this carries forward with Cade because the whole comment on the Cade stash when you're asking him about the cards um, mm-hmm. and he's like he he's almost embarrassed about it i'm trying to remember which which one it was i think it was the hearts was that what it was I'm trying to remember which suite of or suit of cards it was i can't remember but anyways like his For what he, 
his suit of cards that he was like, yeah, yeah, that was for a girl I cared for. And he's like, just move along. Just ignore it. Keep going. I mean, I, I vaguely remember that, but I, I don't remember. It was a it was a scannable part on the Kate stash mission. Uh, he goes on to explain that, you know, he has a suit of cards for each. That's how he that's how he registers and tracks all the things that he's hidden throughout the universe or the solar system. Is it hearts? hearts? Yep. Um, and each it one of them. Sense too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Uh, each one of them is associated with a particular weapon type or weapon foundry. And then hearts is related to a girl he cared about. And that's all he'll talk about. So, I mean, there's, there is a sense that Cade at least still has at least shadows of these romantic feelings, but that all is to but say that girl could have been Dr. Maya yes. that he's remembering. That's a so it could theory. be before he was a guardian. I, I don't know. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> have you seen tangerine. her by the way? Have you, have you seen the, the treasure Island? Uh, yeah, like I was actually, actual... I was paging through it. She's, she's okay. She's a looker. You <laughs> can see. Yeah, she's, she's, she's kind of eh. easy on the eyes. <laughs> eh. Just... I think Kate could do better. <laughs> okay. I want my mentor to reach for the stars. Okay. Like I don't want him to settle for some person. Is that like a nod that feelings. you want him to, to hook up with Mara? Just reaching no. for the stars. No, Mar no. Mar is too good for him. Let's be clear here. I mean, we're talking stars. We're not talking whole entire races of beans and like, you know, harbingers and all that stuff. Okay. I'm talking like one little measly star, maybe two. So yes. Okay. You you <laughs> you've you've restricted him to a very small niche. <laughs> it's not small i mean like you know those those stars could have you know up to million planets on them so i mean he's gonna bound to find someone he likes there just not this person who obviously does not care for him or acknowledge him but uh, i mean I, she's she's protective of him that's all it it does not matter <laughs> so anyways timeline <laughs> timeline back to timeline. back to our, our 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 man here in topic my man so do you want me to continue on or do you want to take the the I mean, helm justin blue justin okay one, all right. one two you want me to uh, yeah where were we okay i'll take <laughs> right on. after dr <laughs> maya. right after dr maya God. so right, after after he encounters maya he uh he has a really weird memory and that's where we start getting introduced to a idea that from the journal that not all these memories are necessarily his, um, which is an interesting concept and feeds into a theory of the deep stone crypt. But there's a memory of being restrained by an unknown shadowy creature on a destroyed world, and he's powerless to do anything. And then there's another couple memories of him basically like sitting in a, a dark space and seeing I'm trying to remember which one. I think that's the one where he's like sitting and he, he looks and he sees that it's his memory, but it's not his memory. He's just floating in the black. Um, mm -hmm. So, and then there's, and then that brings us to the point at which some point he becomes a guardian. So that all that, all these memories up to this part were all from the journal. 
and then going forward from this point, this is all from the grimoire and from what we know from him from other things. But we know that at some point he traveled to the moon um, around the time of the great disaster. And that was the, the ghost fragment fallen card where he meets the exile baroness. And then we know that at some point after that, he makes the Vanguard dare either with Andalbrask or in response to Brask's death by Tanix, um, which again explains that animosity and hatred that Cade has towards that particular fallen and actually kind of puts a new uh, light on, I think it's Thief's, no, it's uh, Shadow Thief, the Shadow Thief strike. Um, and he loses or wins again, depending on what side of the the coin you're looking at, uh, the Vanguard dare and becomes quote trapped in the tower. (laughs) He basically has to stay. And this is all because hunters actually hunters will bet and they will gamble really. And Cade is a very bad gambler. Um, but when they lose hunters, they have, they have a sense of honor, which basically means that if they say that, you know, if they bet that they were going to do something, they follow through with it, which is how they rope hunters into being Vanguard mentors is they, they have this Vanguard dare and they basically dare hunters to do something. And if they win, they don't have to be the Vanguard. If they lose their punishment is basically being stuck in the tower. I think for a year or there's the, I think the, the time is indeterminate, but I, I seem to remember something about a year. Um, and then all this happens and then the game, that's when we are kind of, well, not exactly, but that's the next big part is us coming into the tower from being awoken. And that's kind of the timeline for Cade. Um, real quick, wouldn't the next Vanguard hunter come when Cade or someone else makes a bet? Yeah, well, you would think that... Um, we don't know how the Vanguard dare necessarily works. Like we're not, we're not really sure on who makes the bet. If the Vanguard makes like the, the literal, the Vanguard has to come and make the bet or if they talk, you know, they, they convince. Well, Andrel was the former Vanguard and he's the one that made the bet with Cade. So I would assume the former Vanguard has to make a bet with some other hunter. And if, depending on how it goes and they, become the next vanguard or not right yeah. i mean that's how i interpret it yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm envisioning it being being that uh the present vanguard dares the incumbent like i mean no i mean the challenger vanguard mm-hmm. well he's not challenging because he doesn't want it but <laughs> but says, he can't. hey we're gonna go undertake we're gonna go undertake this suicide mission the one of us that lives is gonna be the vanguard that's, yeah, and, that's and it's not now. It's it. not. It's not always like that necessarily. Um, we know from there's a quest line called Cade's Challenge, and it's a, actually a quote from Zavala, and it says it is true that finding a hunter representative to the Vanguard has always been difficult. Their independent point of view is not something we can sur- survive without, though. And so over the years, we've had hunter mentors come and go. That is, of course, what the dare is for. So I think it's more of a, I mean, the hunter vanguard or the hunter mentor definitely seems to be a rotating door. Whereas, you mm-hmm. know, Zavala, Zavala has been there since Twilight Gap. Uh, Ikora has been there since Osiris got kicked out of the tower. 
Like they, they're pretty static figures. The hunter, it seems like it's like, and I, and again, I'm not quite sure how long the, the term is. It might be, it might even be something that, you know, the, the Vanguard hunter, you know, comes up with and says, Hey, I dare you to do this. But we know that hunters in and of themselves, they, they always do dares. Like that's the whole, you know, again, going back to that Ahamkara situation, the warlock basically challenged the hunter to go find one and kill one. And the hunter did yep. it. And yeah, the, uh, I like that. Story Ahamkara the warlock scale. Was, yeah. The Ahamkara was, scale. Like in, in the thing is, is that's, that's, that's how hunter mentality is, is that it's always that I double dog dare you type situation. And they can't, it's it's a it's a double edged sword though because if they refuse to take a bet or they refuse to take a dare, they lose standing, right? And so they they kind of have to take a dare. So mm-hmm. it's a way, and I think that's I I can completely see that it's you know the the hunter mentor the vanguard mentor for the hunters kind of does have a, a finger on the pulse of his class, and so he he or she would know who is the um the most likely or the most responsible or not really responsible that's a bad choice of words the most (laughs) um competent individual to replace him or her if they you know were to get out and there's kind of a sense that you know only the best are the have the right to be there and so they don't they want to leave but at the same time they want someone to keep there's also the comparison between classes, you know, that class warfare going on. And so they mm-hmm. want their mentor to be good, you know, not not maybe as good as them, because they're obviously they need to be in the field for actually, you know, doing stuff. But they want them to be good to stand up against the warlocks and the titans, because otherwise they look bad. And mm-hmm. so there's this, this constant, like, egotistical, you know, sense of conflict going on, because Cade totally doesn't want to be there. But at the same time, I don't. I don't think Kate's ever made a Vanguard dare for anybody, which makes you wonder if our character will ever get put into that situation. But that's that's kind of the sense that I get for the Vanguard dare is because given the 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 personality of the hunters, the other two Vanguard members have figured out how to basically use the system to trick the hunters into staying into the tower. <laughs> Which you have to because right. oh, yeah, we're, just yeah. gonna, we're just gonna like, you know what, I don't wanna do this. Um, you know, take that paperwork and uh put it where the sun don't shine. Right. And bye. Well and <laughs> I'm I gonna go hunt some stuff. Yeah, I don't think the hunters are unaware of it. I just think that they also are like they, it's the system it the system is the system. You you use mm-hmm. the system. And in order for the system to work, everyone has to use the system. So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of who can use the system better. And so it's a constant, you know, chess game between everybody. Yeah. yeah. Also, what else Kate's favorite line is still, get your rock off my map. Off my map. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I think I, I have it. I have it. I have it right here. Let's see if it will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I have <laughs> No, I had it. I seriously had it like right here. I'm so sad. So 
does anyone, when they hear the word Hunter, not think Cade Six? No, mm. I, I mean, like I think I, Cade. It's it's he a toss. Epitomizes up. the class for me, much like Zavala epitomizes a Titan. He is a Titan. He are Titan. He are yeah. Titan. <laughs> <laughs> I are Titan. <laughs> I are have, Titan. I'm gonna make t-shirts nice... for every class. I, I hate Warlock. I think the yeah Warlocks would have like proper like English and punctuation. Like hunters. Oh, okay, would just no, be... no, no. I got it. I am Warlock. Therefore, I is. is I think better? theirs would just say like, "I am the Warlock," or like, "I am a Warlock." Oh, so you want theirs to be like a real sentence? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm imagining because they're very, they're very studious. So I, I, I can I see them being grammar Nazis. I, I can see the. I go yeah, back go and forth between Cade and Tevis. Tevis, uh, the Night Stalker. Or Tevis. I mean, yes. yes. I mean, yeah. yes, but I mean, like the the quote that I that I always think of from Tevis is from a Ranger Found quest and he says i've had a dozen hunters ask me why it's so hard to summon a dusk bow i asked them what they thought of the void and their eyes told me everything you can't be afraid that's the secret no fear like he he was like when you talk about hunters tevis and Cade are both kind of you know cade has got the lightheartedness and you know the history and he i mean he knows his stuff but tevis has the just like gravitas of his character you know sadly we don't he survives on through us as the night stalker because his his light is the light that we use but at the same time like i mean tevis was like i don't know like he he's who i think of as when i think of a hunter like a hunter hunter kate is i don't know kate is just a little too quirky Mm. i I guess just because he's always the first one that you see so i yeah he's i I guess that's the one i always always think of so um what is the other one i can i think of uh oh beeping um i always think of simoda as well Mm -hmm. like the image she's always the yeah, the, the the her image like of her final moments of that that one taking the bones of the acolytes that have fallen and using them as knives and stabbing them to kill them is like that image sticks out in my mind so much. So, when I think of of hunters, I I, I think of her a lot too. So, yes. Well, Bill, what what hunter do you think of when you think hunter? I don't. I think for me. I don't really think of a particular. Oh, actually, no. To be honest, when I think of a hunter, I think of a character because that's the one that, like, true. The way that I play and the experience that I've had. I know this one's kind of corny, but that's that's that is a hunter for me. You know, like, and part of it might just be that I'm not as like invested in reading all of the lore stuff, so I haven't. Like, I mean, I know of other hunters, but for me, the one that really sticks out is is my personal experience as one and what that means to me, you know, and taking bits of what you learn about them in the grimoire and attaching that to your own character and making up kind of like their backstory, even though it's not very long so far. Um, so I don't know. And for me, I guess with Cade, like I, 
I would definitely say in a lot of aspects, he he definitely is a definition of Hunter. But I, that's the thing is I think he's a definition. And I think he's not necessarily the definition for me. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily that he's too goofy, but that it's just, it's such an, I mean, he's such a character character, if that makes any sense. Like he's, he's he is an extreme and he's meant to be that way. He's written that way. And I don't know if that is necessarily the best representation of Hunter's overall. Like, I do agree that Zavala is definitely a good definition of Titan, but part of that's because I don't play a Titan. So I do see them as kind of these nut butts. (laughs) (laughs) But nut. But nut. But nut. Oh god. oh god! I tried to be funny and I failed. You anyway. did it. No, you succeeded. <laughs> a plus, a plus, us. Um, but uh, you know, Nakora is definitely what I imagine as a warlock. But again, because I don't play them, so I, I think that I imagine that more stuck up know it all as what a warlock is. Whereas if I main does one, I'm sure that I would see them as better than that if that makes sense so for me like a hunter you know i think that i think kate is too more goofy and more out there than i i want to associate myself Mm -hmm. with ironically after the statement i just made (laughs) 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 so i don't know yeah i think like i said and in the aspect of kind of one for all scenario yeah I, i definitely well, yeah. What we said before about him with, in in respects to he'll do things that he knows are going to cause trouble from the future and doesn't really think about it and doesn't care. And he'll do things as long as they benefit him to some extent. I would definitely agree that that's, that's that represents a big concept behind Hunters. But because I'm so attached to mine, I think of them as better than what Cade is. And that sounds harsh. I'm sorry, Cade. No, no, no. That makes that makes sense, actually. I mean, like that, when I think about other like ones that you read about. Yeah, it's like Shinobu's vow, and the whole you know that whole thing of she wouldn't let anyone yes. go undefended. Her entire right. point was to defend those who couldn't. Like basically, it was to defend those who couldn't defend themselves and to get the. And the that's how to I see city. hunters personally right. more than how I yeah. But he does have his little moments, like if if when you complete the shield brother strike where it says, yeah, when you're the Vanguard, it's, you know, it's nice getting all the accolades and, and, you know, the prestige of it, but you guys just killed two murderers and that makes it all worth it. So he does have his little moments where he is heartfelt and he does have, but a is that more, more for us just because we're, he's worried about us. Cause I think it's a soft spot for us. He does have a soft spot for us. But, but I don't know if actually, he would really talk that way to other people. You know what I mean? Well, it he in that little line, and I, I don't have the dialogue in front of me, but he does make it clear that just the fact that you've rid the galaxy of two of two, you know, psycho murderers, cabals. Right. Like I just said cabals. It's cabal. <laughs> you know, it we, we got it. But, just, no. <laughs> Stop but, drawing um, attention to it. He, he, uh, <laughs> he does. He does make it be. Let it be known that that just the the mere fact that we've that the world is without these people. It 
it means a lot to him. It means more than all the other stuff. So there is some depth of character. I think people don't give Cade a lot of credit for, but it's his own fault. He can't. I'm seeing more and more similarities between you and Cade as you talk. (laughs) 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 I'm just, and I mean that in a nice way. Like you, I, 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 I agree. Like, I think there's people out there such as Justin and Cade who, they they have that in them and they don't always that's not necessarily always the main character that they show everybody right i think we all have that and i think you know we've talked about that cade kind of has this there's definitely a front that he sort of puts up and why that's there i'm really curious about like was it because yeah. is it because he was human before and now he's an ex and he doesn't know how to mm-hmm. h- how to completely compute that existence is it because he was hurt at some point in the past by something else and he needs to just kind of put that front. I know it's giving him a lot of depth that I don't know if he has or not, no, but like, I love it. you know, it, my is, heart is so full in this moment, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it does. You know, there's a lot of questions about him of, of why is he the way that he is? Because a lot of people who are jokesters, there is, it is a protective thing. So why is it like, we take it for granted. We just go, Oh, you know, it's Nathan Fillion being Nathan Fillion. But they wrote him that way on purpose, and I'd like to believe it's just it's a little bit more than just they wanted Nathan Fillion to be a character in their game, you know. Well, and I think I think the uh, the other thing is it's a, it's meant to be a con. I mean, that's why Cade was such a powerful figure in the Taken King was he was meant to be a contrast to the actual events that were going on. Yeah. You know, he he was meant to he was meant to be a a light in the darkness, if you would, for that entire mm-hmm. story arc, because that story arc was dark and it was very serious and it was sure. very depressing. And then you have Cade, you know, who is like in the <laughs> face of all this, in the face of everything that he is going up against, Cade is still cracking jokes and There's making a joke in there somewhere. Yeah. There, you know, there is a joke in this entire thing somewhere. And like, he's the type of person that I could, I could see being like, if you can't laugh at it, then you're doing something wrong. Like mm-hmm. you need, you need to be right. able to laugh at it because the other, the, the other alternative is you curl up and you cry and you quit. Like you mm-hmm. laugh at it and you can get over it and you can move on. Whereas if you, you actually acknowledge, oh yeah, we're, we're screwed. Then that doesn't do anything. And I think that's kind of where Cage's character kind of comes from is that that is his approach to the whole thing. Right. I also kind of get the impression that, just like with the other classes, different subclasses kind of have their own type of quirks about them. You know what I mean? So, you know, like a Kate, Kate is a, is a golden gun, right? Like he, that's what his is. Right. Um, it's, it's we talked about that last time too. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a toss up. There's, there's a some toss up between blades and, and I mean, like, golden? I mean, as, as a Vanguard, as Vanguard, he probably has experience with has all, all three subclasses. Three. Now, yeah, but he has one he mains. You know that, right? I would almost say that he probably mains a blade dancer, um, just because of some of the quotes from Shax that talk about how he he sneaks around in the Crucible, and then there's the whole bragging of I stole cloaking technology from Rasputin and taught everybody how to how to go stealth. Um, I, I, Ooh, which I've makes always, that whole him being part of Rasputin much more interesting because right. like, he gained that knowledge. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I have <Yeah>. one of those <laughs> moments. <laughs> oh, look, that was the light bulb. Ding. <laughs> um, sorry, that was that was in there. that was rude. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I've, I've just personally always associated. I just realized you dissed me. I, that's that's I don't how behind I am right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, because um, I, I, like the point I was trying to say, like he's probably an example of one type of right. hunter. Because I feel like there's multiple different types of hunters, and I feel like people who use different subclasses also tells them a lot about them as well. And like I think we kind of covered that with warlocks and stuff before too. You know, like different like the practice of warlocks and whatnot so you know and then you have like your titans that are defenders that are more of like stay on stay back and want to protect everyone whereas the other ones they want to go out and they were like no i want to smash stuff you know so i mean i i think you know he's just a one example of a type of hunter mm-hmm. that there is you know like you know we have like jaren ward and sayamota like those are all very different types of people but within the whole entire realm of a hunter personality i don't know does that make any sense yeah yeah i mean okay. omar omar aga had a very similar personality to Cade. you know he mm-hmm. was the kind of the giant poor poor omar <laughs> i know he is still no chance man <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a moment of silence in memory of that poor man because no one deserves that but oh no mar oh no no god just Go away. I, I think I think his name has a lot to say about that. Like who, Omar, that's such a I don't know. Maybe I'm just being very judgmental here, but I feel like that's such an ordinary name for like <laughs> for like we have all these really cool names like Simona and like Jaron Ward and Zavala and Ikora and then Omar. You know, he's like might as well the, name him Bob, you know. Fred Smith. <laughs> uh. Uh. I'm sorry. I totally, no. I totally tree branch there. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I think, I think you're right too. I mean, everyone, it, it is a very individualistic response. I mean, you know, we, we kind of talked about that uh, with Bife on the, the getting ready for the rise of iron thing is the, you know, what is, what makes a guardian, what makes a guardian as opposed to a risen or a warlord, and it's really the 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 philosophical approach of how you use your powers. And Cade, for all his you know tongue and cheekness, and uh, I don't want to say apathy, but his his lackadaisical concern for others. I think the important thing is to remember, even in face of all that, he's still a guardian. He still protects people. He still you know. He doesn't have to stay in the tower. Nothing, nothing's keeping him there really, except for himself. And so, regardless of all that, that is to say that there is a degree, an underlying current with Cade and the other hunters that they, I mean, just going back to the word guardian, they are there to be guardians against the yeah. forces of the darkness, and Cade is is just a facet of that personality. So, I mean, yeah, it's a long way of saying I agree with you. <laughs> so I just want to say, don't consume, don't, don't confuse, don't consume. That's not a word. Um, don't confuse <laughs> um, Cade's cavalier facade for a lack of concern. I think he's very concerned most of the time. And the more concerned he is probably, the more jokes he cracks. So just do you think maybe that's why he like that was saying like, what is, what is he hiding behind his, his mm-hmm. jokester facade? Do you think that he's just so like, Oh, Oh, 
Exactly. Stuff is going bad. Stuff is going real bad. Okay. All right. Joke time. <laughs> and no, no, seriously. And if you, if you, uh, you know, at all, and I know blue is, so I get real nervous even saying anything, but if you're at all into psychology or, mm-hmm. you know, anything to do with mental wellness or health, um, that's a coping mechanism, right? It's a very yeah. real one too, that some people employ. Some people use sarcasm. Some people try to lighten the mood. Some people, you know, I mean, everyone's different, but um, I I just don't like, I don't like the stereotype that Kay doesn't give a crap. And I know that's not what Blue's saying. I'm not saying that's what you were saying. No, no, no. I'm saying he has a, I would call it gallows humor. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. It's a, it's got kind of a morbid sense of humor that he used to, he uses to mask the way he's really feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would argue that he's probably the so far we know of probably the one of the characters or uh, out of the three that are the most dimensional. Um, maybe that's just because we've had more face time with him mm-hmm. in terms of doing the Taken King stuff. Um, but and also, if someone wasn't there cracking jokes, like the vanguards would be boring as poop. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like, all of them would be super serious. And you're like, wow, you guys are party killers. Like, bye. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've never ran a warlock. I started just the other day. I'm used to Kay because our main a hunter. And Mm -hmm. I walked up to a core and she just said, here. (laughs) And that was it. I have other words for her because I have a warlock as, like, my tertiary, which I hate. I want to delete it. But I'm waiting until Rise of Iron comes out to see if I need more achievements. Long story short is anytime I go up to her, I like want to punch her in her face. I'm like, why are you being <laughs> such a B word to me? Like, what did I do? Like, what did I do wrong? It's like, is it because, you know, I'm, I'm a hunter deep down inside and I'm just wearing this mantle in, instead? Like, no. It's Mel, it's not your problem. It's her problem. <laughs> well, she's, she's taking it out on me and I'm taking it very personal. Okay. <laughs> Oh. I think I think she sees me throwing that hood up every once in a while, and she gives me those side eyes. It's kind of like I know your I know your deal. I know your deal. Oh my god! I love how this has become a hunters are the best class episode. <laughs> when does it not become a hunters? Well, that's best very class true. Episode? Very very true. But I mean, good. I confirm. Yeah, I just saw that in chat. Oh my god! Well, I mean, yeah, and I think I think that really, Justin, I think you did you you hit it just square on the head. The it's the gallows humor. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's it's a coping mechanism, and I I don't I think that's indicative of something that I'm really curious about. What's going on? You know. Well, I mean, I guess they're each kind of examples of different ways of dealing with going on, too. Like, Savala's just like, nope, we're going to deal with the problem straight on, straight ahead. Let's go. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Ikora is just kind of like, yeah, well, I don't know, man. Like, um, let me research that a bit and go away. You know, she's kind of more shut off and very closed, you know, like closed off from everyone where Kate is just like, yeah, hey, dude, let's go out for a drink. Let's let's go have fun. You know, I don't know. Take me with you. <laughs> take me with you god it's so creepy too <laughs> no i mean and, and again <laughs> i think i broke i so wish i wish 
I wish I, I wish there was an option for me to hold like the confirm button down and go, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go run a strike with, you know, can you go, can we go run the nightfall to this week today, this week? Kate, you and I, let's team up. Let's do this. You can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. But. Well, and that's like, that's like the whole, so, you know, everyone is aware there's an ARG running right now with the whole, uh, was it the owl? I've been I've been at work all day, so I I have I've been like catching yeah. tweets left and right. So I've I, I haven't actually gotten to experience any of this myself, but I've been reading some of it, and um, Cade Cade's responses to it, from what I've seen, are just absolutely they're just Cade, like they're just completely a hundred percent. Cade wants to go out, and he's like, you know, yellow looks good on me. I want to go get some, and <laughs> Icor is like, no. No, you're not allowed to leave the tower. Like she just like shuts him down a hundred. She's like no, and then like and then Cade Cade actually has a comment about us running on his table and his map, and he call and he calls all the guardians who run on his table stinkers. He's not happy with you running on his map. Uh, like it's just like oh my gosh, the- get your get your boots off my map, <laughs> off my map. <laughs> so I, I just love the the they're keeping the personalities a hundred percent. You know, just the way that we've seen them in all the cutscenes and everything like that. You can just see those, yeah, Cole, Cole and Chad, darn stinkers. Um, you can just see that conversation going on in your head. And Cade's like, "I'm gonna go get some." I can't remember what color, what what it is that yellow is, but he's like he was like going off about how how it it's a good color on me and and like he like he wants to go get it and then like Zavala's like you you can't what he's like didn't you ever steal candy from a baby like come on come on and it's like you just see this I can just see this entire exchange going on and guardians you know they i i don't i just i'm blown away all the time by the the writing for those three figures because mm-hmm. they they complement each other so well and they're so different from each other mm-hmm. yeah which is why and they do so well i do want to say oh no i do want to say the synergy between cade and eris and taken king is probably some of the best um characters playing off each other in a video game i've seen since halo chief and cortana Mm-hmm. like it is it is that good and it's really the test of a performance be it like a regular acting performance or a voice acting performance if after the fact when people read dialogue by that character they hear your voice right like if if you read lord of the rings right now do you not hear ian mckellen when you read gandalf like yeah um it's that's what has happened with Cade. Like it's it's one of those things. If you don't hear Nathan Fillion when you read Cade dialogue in the grimoire, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you're not doing it right. So, my mind is wondering if he goes in this because he obviously knows how to do that and goes and gets those items. He's like, I, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go to the I'm, bathroom real quick. I'm just uh, waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to see. <laughs> You know, going uh, going back to the Eris, Eris and Cade, there's a quote from our ghost that says, I think we all know what the real problem is. Eris doesn't think Cade is funny. It all stems from that. So, so Cade is like, he's the, he's the practical jokester. He wants people to laugh at his jokes. And when Eris is like, I hate you. 
and he's like he just that translates in his head to being oh well obviously i'm not trying hard enough yeah i mean (laughs) oh man to be fair i think eris kind of hates everyone in general Uh, yeah i can't really blame her for that she has she has some like darkness hive nonsense like making her real antsy she might have some ptsd i mean if you're not happy with yourself how are you gonna like other people I mean, she has that whole entire goth makeup going on. Like, really she just has that black makeup going down her face. So, I know she's dealing with some personal stuff on the inside, but I mean. You know, she hates the hive part of her, right? She hates the hive. Yeah, part she just sits there and looks so in the mirror bad. and like cries mm. all the time, and that makes her makeup run. <laughs> so, and that's. Don't make enough visine to get her eyes clean. And she... No, no, no. Like, there's no cure for that. Like, once you go hive there's eyes, this... you can't go back. This has really gotten away from us, Blue, and I blame you. <laughs> it was not me this time. It's not, even, it's, it's, remind yeah, everybody it's not Belle's us. fault. <laughs> Belle was hey, well behaved. You guys invited me on to be <laughs> I know, right? continuous co-host. You knew what you were knowing, getting into. Knowing I was already here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh. I'm so sorry, audience. Sorry, not sorry, actually, because I'm a hunter. <laughs> Deal I with it. I just say it a lot. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think that kind of wraps everything up, yeah? Yeah. I think at the point that we're talking about Eris and, you know, how she feels about <laughs> her hiveness is, uh, yeah, I think, we've, I think we've reached the point where... Um, the party's over. <laughs> we have covered everything. The buzz killer has been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God. I'm so. Done. So <laughs> what we're going to do, let's move. Let's go. Let's do a shout outs. Let's let Bell, you know, in standard fashion, Bell, you want to give us, give us your yeah. shout outs. Oh, who, who are you going to yeah, shout out? Well, I want to shout out my the Dames of Destiny and Safe Gamers and all the other millions of awesome things that I get to be a part of and a big one to Guardian Radio and that I am super, super happy to get to be on this show again because, first of all, I've supported this show from day one and I really, really like it. And it was a lot of fun last time and I know it was a little quiet this time. I may have been distracted making memes of Cade. <laughs> that was my that was what I gave to the show. That's okay. It's a worthy it's endeavor. Okay. Yeah. We totally yeah. support it. Right. And when you're when you're an OG Focus Fire community member, we'll allow Focus Fire fam. Is that allowed? Can we can it. we say that? Yeah, I can call it that. Okay. I can call it that. This is your guys' show. I guess I'm I asking really the wrong want. person, should yep. aren't I? I you're should not ask Justin permission for it. I don't I shouldn't you ask Justin permission crap. for this stuff. <laughs> right. Um but I'm really, really proud of the fact that Guardian Radio, which is the show that I come from, has gets to work hand in hand now with Focus Fire Chat because of Guardian Radio Network, and it's really cool to have you guys part of it. Super well deserved, um, and it's really cool to see how far you guys have come. Like when I was on originally versus now, your growth has been amazing. I know Blue's going to talk about that more, and I don't want to take that from you, but like it's just it's really, really cool to see, and I'm really proud of you guys. So, Justin, yeah. and I fully oh approve God. 
of your new member. She's kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and she willingly hangs out with us. Too, so. I know. I think, that's, I think that's between. That's the questionable part. But yeah. You know. Well, I mean, but, but she's in good company because Guardian Radio willingly hangs out with us, too, right? Yeah, and us hunters have to stick together. Willing is a so. strong word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I may have twisted some. No. Touche. Oh. I'm telling Joey. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> well, so I have I have two big things um, that I need to talk about. Uh, one is really really awesome and the other one's kind of a bittersweet thing so i'm gonna go with the bittersweet one uh real quick uh due to some situations in life we did we we already made this announcement in chat um and this is by no means a uh, let me just say it due to situations in life we we wanted to let everyone know that for the time being emphasis on that for the time being willie is going to be stepping down from the podcasting aspect of focus fire um he is he is still in our chat and he is still going to be doing gaming streams as much as he can so please please do not read this as him going anywhere um we are hoping to have him back on the podcast in the future and hear some more of the crazy pay-in stories but until that point in time just be sure to jump into the chat or into his game streams um our twitch schedule if you're in the chat uh, is just the exclamation part or exclamation mark stream and uh, Blue Ricks, who is our one of our bots in there, will will get you all hooked up with all that information. And we have all that, all the game streams and all the podcast schedules all filled out on that. It's a Google Calendar, so if you have Gmail or anything like that, you can actually embed it into your device of choice, and it will automatically update itself. And so you can have it; you don't have to keep going it back to it. Um, so Willie will still be in chat. He is actually um, hoping to be in chat a little bit more given the the trade-off of time constraints. But I do I do want to say that. So it's a, it's a bittersweet announcement because, you know, reality, sadly, this is not, you know, a, a full-time job for any of us. It's a hobby. And so reality does have a little bit of priorities that need to be addressed in their certain order. That comes to that brings me to the better announcement, which is that recently we just surpassed a hundred thousand downloads, um, which is a m- kind of mind-boggling for I, I think everyone. Us, yeah, I, I, wow. Um, and in celebration of that, we right now we're running a another loot crate giveaway. Um, I was, I was. I'll be honest, I was actually going to do that anyways, and then that happened. I was like, oh, yes, I can pretend like I had a reason to do this. Um, so that's in chat right now. Just uh, the command for that is, I think, giveaway um, in the Discord chat. So if you're not already in Discord, please jump in Discord. Um, it's going pretty much 24-7 about random stuff, and it's it's not just Destiny. We have Borderlands. We have Dark Souls. We have, I think there's a Monster Hunter chat out there somewhere. I mean, we have all games and all stories going. Um, but yeah, so a giant thank you to you guys because that's really where the <laughs> where the thanks is deserved, I think. I We just get here and talk. You guys are the crazy ones who listen to us, especially Justin. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, people listen to me. <laughs> this is new. This is news. Did you okay. say something? Does it, 
Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Yes, you have you have the you have the conch. Don't <laughs> don't tell me that because he gets hit with a rock after he gets the conch. So don't tell me I've got the conch. Okay. So my first shout out is to the longest blue shout out in Focused Fire history. That Thank was you. amazing. Thank you. Thank you for letting. I, that's what I've been telling you this whole time, dude. Let your feelings out. <laughs> Just let them slow flow, dude. Okay. Anyways, I would like to make a giant shout out to the same thing Blue was just talking about was 100,000 downloads, which is a relatively small number when you're talking, you know, uh, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. To us, it's huge. And every single person who listens, every single person who contributes in the Discord chat and then in the beginning, the band chat, and also every single guest of the show that we've ever had, because we've really lived and died by the people who have who have taken time out of their day to come here and spend some time with us talking about a hypothetical story from a theoretical game. That's well, a real game really. But anyways, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I did think that one through. So I just want to say to everyone who's even listened to one podcast, Everyone who's posted one comment in our chat and any guest who's come on and talked to with us, at least at all. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means the world to me. And I know I joke a lot, but I'm being serious right now. Hashtag Cade He's feels. pulling a Cade. <laughs> I know, right? But, um, I arcade. Yeah. And also... A very real shout out to Willie who couldn't be here tonight. And uh he is a very real part of all that as well. Like we wouldn't be here without without Willie and hope you get back soon. So um and then my next shout out is to the lovely Miss Bell Bunny. Oh shush. Um, for being for being <laughs> an awesome guest. <laughs> two times she, now. She thought she and I just this. wanna I, Yeah, I just want to uh to call something out that I was researching. Um, oh, earlier goodness. today, I actually have a band chat um, thread um, from Willie Blue and I when we first started the show, and I can actually see because band keeps historical. You know, if you've been in the chat, it goes all the way back, and I can actually see where we were like um, back in the beginning, where we were like, "Oh my god, ten downloads." <laughs> Dude, if we get 10 downloads an episode, and this is a real conversation between us. I was thinking more like five, but 10? <laughs> oh, my God. Aww. Mom, get the camera. And, um, but the, the point I wanted to make was there is the day of the Hunters episode where we first had Bell on. And I first got to talk to the beautiful Miss Bell Bunny. <laughs> that, um, And right before the show, someone said – Oh my God, 500 downloads, 500 downloads. And then we had that show with Bell on and that killed by the way. And then the very next week we had Bifon. And then two weeks later we were at 9,000. And then we started, and then we started averaging about a thousand plus a week and it snowballed from there. So I just wanted to say in, in all sincerity, Thank you very much, Bell, by Guardian Radio Network for, for you know, 
shouting us out every chance you get and and putting us on and everything. Just thank you very much. We love you guys. And like I said before, Aww. honestly, really, really well deserved. Like you guys, I, I really think that sometimes people who are on the outside of the show and or I should say outside of the the chat, like people who who may listen but aren't or know of you guys that aren't in the chats, I don't think they realize how this isn't just a Wednesday night or Friday night or whatever night they record thing. This is all week, 24-7. I'm not kidding. Sometimes they don't sleep enough. <laughs> it's, it's a What's full that? commitment that you guys have, have given to this. And that's that says a lot. And it's really, really cool. Like I said, it's very well deserved. Um, and honestly, you guys deserve like a million more. And I know you'll you'll get there. You really, really will. And it'll be a really cool day every single time that you guys hit a milestone like this. So congratulations. Well, thank you. And then let's let's make sure that Justin doesn't cry on stream. So <laughs> last but not definitely not least, Mel. Um, wow. Um, I, I kind of have a, a lot. So I just want to say also, guys, I know I'm a super new addition. I know I, I was a guest back at the beginning of the year. And I'm super honored to be a part of this. And now that you guys had 100K, I feel, I feel kind of, I feel kind of, um, I can't even find the word, uh, honored to be here in the sense that like you guys didn't have to have me here and being able to kind of celebrate with you guys that you guys have reached the 100K is something really spectacular. And I'm looking forward to the next 100K and then one million downloads eventually <laughs> so <Brilliant. laughs> i know so um also so um a big shout out to willie i know we've only done a few podcasts together and uh you'll be missed and i hope to see you again soon so and uh bell i know we've been following each other on the twitter lands for a while <laughs> so it was good to finally actually have a podcast together yes. so agreed. <laughs> agreed so um i don't know what system you play on but maybe we can meet each other I in orbit. Oh, oh! Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the lone, I'm the lone wolf over on PS4 over here. So, uh. so, um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then just a couple personal ones. Um, if you guys live up in Canadian land, um, I'm going to be at Edmonton Expo, not this weekend, the following weekend. So, if yeah, you bro. guys, that was that was a poke at me. By the way, <laughs> because Blue doesn't realize the scheduling of these things, so he goes off the Twitter handles. And someone, Which, someone really likes tricking me with that. Well, I put it there so that way people who see when I tweet to them, they know. Oh, Edmonton Expo's coming up. Oh, she says she's going to be there. Cool. So that's the point. I'm going to be there. So if you guys want to come check it out, I'll have a table and stuff. I'm doing panels on cosplay and all that jazz. So if you want to come talk about cosplay or destiny and rise of iron, I'll be out. And I'm very sad that I won't be able to play it. Uh, Cause I'll be out of town. So, um, but yeah, so that would be cool. And uh, yeah. And one last personal one. We, I, I reached my first goal on Patreon. So um, anyone who subscribes to that and is listening, thank you. That's all I wanted to say. So, Congratulations. Yep. Yeah. Oh guys, did you see that? Oh I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to Seriously, make that. check check Mel's Patreon out. It's amazing. It's pretty awesome. It's, 
Yeah, there's lots of, if you guys want to learn how to do cosplay, I try to make it a, a big learning environment. And there's like photos and stuff to see, obviously, of me in costumes and that stuff too. But um, the main focus is a learning environment to create awesome stuff to wear called cosplay and all that jazz. So if you want to learn how to make cool stuff, check it out. Oh, oh and uh, I'm sorry, I left one shout out out because, um, shout out out um, because. I was feeling the feels and I completely forgot to big shout out to mountain fraggle and everyone's favorite attache operation man bag, because (laughs) I'm away on work right now. I'm in a hotel, um, a couple hours from home. I left my Xbox one with my son because he's upset enough that I'm going to be gone for two weeks. So I didn't want to take his, you know, the Xbox from him. And Mountain Fraggle and Operation Manbag volunteered to get my last fragment for Moments of Triumph while I was gone. It was Bulwar. They logged in last night and got it for me. And then as as a result, I'll get Moments of Triumph. It, it, it should feel cheap, but it doesn't. It feels awesome. So yeah. suck it. <laughs> yeah. I got it. But thank you, Manbag and, uh, and Fraggle, your family. I love you guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Hurt says you're outsourcing your destiny work. I am. I am. I get the other man's I guess the other man's to shoot the man's for me. Oh, and then God. All right. I can reap the rewards. So you can reap the uh you're so Cade. I know, right? I told you. <laughs> he is. Well he is. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can be also found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Bell, for joining us. Can you just let us know real quick where everyone can find you out on the internet if they don't already... Basically, put Bell Bunny into any search, and most likely it's me, as long as it's not the random guy that actually has Bell Bunny on Twitter. So if, if you see a guy, it's probably not me. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's at B-E-1-1-E Bunny. But I have to warn you, I tweet like a fiend, so you might want to mute me. <laughs> Otherwise, YouTube and, and uh, Twitch are also... Yeah, and someone has been... Being more active on Twitch, I'm gonna hey, give I you a plug. Started streaming mm-hmm. again, finally, and and we have a clan that somehow it's called the Fluffle Squad. It's an excellent choice for a name. It is. I have to. I have to thank Blue for the Fluffle idea overall. But uh, it kind of apparently it apparently the Fluffle Squad really takes like being bunnies seriously because <laughs> we expanded from being like. 10 members at, like three days ago and and now we're at like 400 members and it, i don't i don't i don't oh even my god i don't know i don't know it's literally for the last three days we have been listed as the number like the trending clan when you search groups on bungie.net and i have no idea why i'm like apparently fluff on your tag is like the cool thing i don't know you guys <laughs> So it's it's it. We kind of went from like, oh, cool, casual clan talk. <laughs> <laughs> we need structure now. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I need a community manager. 
<laughs> but it's awesome. So yeah, there's that whole Twitch thing and I'm getting used to it. So don't expect anything amazing, but there'll be a lot of poop jokes. This is a lot. This is true. You will <laughs> like be puzzled. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. We do try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we have any variations, as we did this week, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account at focusfirechat. Also, please be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs> <laughs>